You are listening to the Critical Mass Radio Show, Orange County's business talk show focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies with your host, Richard Franzi. Hello and welcome to Orange County's longest running business talk show. And yes, I am your host, Rick Franzi. And boy, do we have an exciting show planned for you today. Why do you ask? Because Mandy Shaniel is our guest. She's the founder of Shaniel Consulting. Mandy, welcome to the program. Thank you so much. So let's go back to the beginning and your origin story as an entrepreneur, at least with your consulting firm. What did you see in the marketplace or what was your motivation and inspiration for starting your firm? Absolutely. Um, so as, as you know, I was very blessed to be an early employee at ZipRecruiter.com. I was uh, employee number 19, I believe. Um, had the pleasure of being with them through I think the 300s employee size. Um, it was a rocket ship. We learned a lot. Um, I always leaned towards the account management function. And a few years in, I was challenged with transitioning a reactive customer support team of about 80 to 100 folks into a customer success organization, which was a fairly new idea, at least in recruitment technology. Um, and I was fascinated. I've always been competitive. Uh, there's always a bit of competition between account management and sales to So to have the challenge of flipping a cost center, but valued organization into a profit center was exciting. Um, after taking that same strategy for customer success to a couple of different companies and seeing how well it worked and, you know, feeling feeling good that there was some friendly competition with sales in, in terms of revenue generation, um, I decided that it was time to start consulting and sharing those strategies with other startups in the space, other founders and executives, so they could see how really easy it is to turn those cost center organizations into profit centers. Um, so that's that's really where it started. So I, I, I love it when I have a founder on the show because we we need to have a plan as an entrepreneur to be successful. And what I've heard from others on this show over the years is that the plan is only as good as you get into action and you start to hear. And there's always the inevitable pivots or changes. I guess, what did, what did you learn about this business that once you launched it, you really didn't maybe appreciate or know fully before you started your consulting practice? A couple of different things, well, many different things. But uh, one, I learned that after having been focused on customer success and sales and account management for so long, um, it was something I could kind of map out in my sleep. Wasn't very challenging for me anymore. And I'm someone who thrives on challenge. If I don't feel like I'm growing, I'm like, okay, what's next? <laughs> what can I do to mix it up here? Uh, but more than that, I, I really started to realize that you can have all of the components of an amazing strategy for any organization within your company, be it you know customer success, sales, finance, technology. But if you don't have the right leadership in place, it's only going to be so successful, right? It's not going to have max, it's not going to hit maximum potential. So that was the first pivot that I took and really pulling it back and focusing on how are the leaders rolling out these changes? 
What kind of leadership traits do we need to work on developing? How can we create a feedback loop, just like we do in customer success from the customer to the organization? How do you create that feedback loop from leaders and employees to make sure things are running smoothly? Um, and so that's really where I shifted the focus. Um, more recently, I've continued to shift that because I'm someone who maybe I'm weird, maybe I'm blessed, uh, but I'm able to connect the dots between all the different things that I'm learning and seeing how all of the things that I've learned in business have helped me in my personal life, right? All of the leadership training and traits that I've tried to acquire and research that I've done has helped me to achieve my personal goals as well, hmm. which is why this newest pivot and part of writing my book is reaching out to individuals and helping them to develop self-leadership and figure out the keys to success and fulfillment, whether it's in business or any other area of their life. Yeah, I'm excited to learn more about the book and let's park that for just one more question and then we'll delve into the big ideas in your book. It's congratulations on writing it and getting it published. Um, let's talk about Shanyal Consulting now. Who are you helping? What problems are you solving and how are they finding you or why are they selecting you to work with? Sure. So I primarily work with startups, um, most of them in the recruitment technology space. Um, I love getting my hands on something that's still fairly young or teams that are fairly small. Um, it makes it easier for me to be that intermediary to create that feedback loop right. um, and kind of use that as a building block for their scale scaling. Um, so a lot of folks in the recruitment technology space. Um, I've been blessed with a very large network over the course of my career. So a lot of my clients have found me through, hey, you're consulting now. We used to work together. We were partners on this or uh, things of that nature, which has been a wonderful blessing. Um, and the problems I solve, it's I'm very open with clients. I've had people come to me with many different areas. And if it's not something that's in my wheelhouse, I'm more than happy to refer them to someone else who could better suit their needs. But typically the problems I'm solving are, how do you build a customer success team? How do you create the process to kick this off or transition this team? How do you train the employees? How do you lead through change? Um, tackling all of those different problems. And a huge one that I kind of boil everything leadership down to is communication. Um, that is the most frequent um, on all of those topics that has to be addressed is how do you communicate this openly and clearly and with empathy, especially when you're talking about change <laughs> to get your employees on board and engaged. Um, so that's uh, a lot of the, the problems that I'm solving in the business. Um, and I think you asked why, why do people reach out? Why did they choose me? Sure. Um, I'm honest. Um, I, I'm going to be upfront. If I can't help you solve the problem, I'm not going to pretend, <laughs> but I'm going to work with you step by step. I try to make everything a stress-free process. It's not about judgment of, oh, you did that wrong. We all make mistakes. Now let's learn from it and let's take baby steps so it's not stressful and nobody burns out. So we make incremental improvements. Is there currently a lot of innovation in the recruiting space? Is that what you're seeing? There is. The recruiting space is very interesting, <laughs> right? Because mind you, we're very closely connected to HR. Mm -hmm. um, 
I love all things HR and recruiting technology. Don't get me wrong, but there are times when it can feel like moving a very large boulder up a giant hill. Um, because there's a lot. <laughs> that doesn't sound pleasant. <laughs> but it's it's hard because there are a lot of process and regulations and all kinds of things tied to everything people involved are dealing with. Um, I will say there is a lot of innovation happening right now. Um, one of one of my clients is doing an amazing job with uh, chat automation to make mm. the apply process easier. Forever we've been dealing with the candidate black hole where, you know, job seekers apply and they hear nothing back, crickets, right, right? Right. which creates this negative downstream effect where they just start applying everywhere and anywhere. And, and then hiring managers are getting hundreds and hundreds of applications and maybe not from people that are the most qualified because they're frustrated. So there's a lot of innovation happening in the space, um, specifically with the candidate process and improving that, which is phenomenal, especially in a market that we're in right now. It's very needed. <laughs> so one of the things that you said is you tend to focus on earlier stage companies. And, and I applaud that because I think if you if you do it right the first time, it's easier to fix than if you limp along until you can't take it anymore and then you try to fix it. So the line of sight for you in those type of companies to the problems must be a little clearer. And the communications I would expect is a little cleaner because there aren't as many filters from the leader of the organization to the people. Exactly. And there's less red tape and there's less uh, band-aids you discover along the way that have to be corrected in turn. Um, so it is, you know, it can be difficult building from scratch is not easy. Every product, every company is different. So that's always a fun challenge to figure out the right process for that customer, for that client. Um, but like you said, there's less of an uphill battle when it comes to making the change, communicating it. There's fewer filters it has to go through and be done correctly for it to be executed well. Also, when you're working with early stage entrepreneurs, uh, regardless of their age, I would assume, um, there's a there's a willingness maybe to try different things because the cement hasn't quite hardened yet. Yes, a little, little less resistance to change, though. I mean, everybody, we're humans, right? Change is difficult for most of us. I, you know, I've been called a change agent uh, okay. over my That's career. Good. And something I pride myself on, that doesn't mean change isn't difficult for me <laughs> either. I enjoy it. I need to map it out and communicate it clearly because I know that's going to be effective. Um, but correct, there's a little bit more of a willingness to try different things out versus feeling overwhelmed by all of the downstream things that it's going to trickle into and preparing to have to make several other changes to make this one change, right? Um, so it's a little bit cleaner of a process. I love it when an entrepreneur has a focused niche because I believe that's how you build momentum. You can always find other niches, but they're really, you can't boil the ocean as an entrepreneur. And so for you to really hone in on this specific industry, I applaud you for that. Do you serve, what's your service area is you were here in Southern California, you and I, but where are you finding your clients and who are you helping across? Is it across the country or? Oh, all across the country. Yeah. Okay. Uh, since I started in the space, 
many moons ago. Uh, Ooh, not that <laughs> over, long ago. Over a decade ago. There you go. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's, it's always been all across the U.S. Um, some of the um, associations that I've been part of, they've now expanded um, into Europe and beyond. Hmm. Uh, but my my primary client base is in the U.S., so I'm always willing to uh, work with folks wherever. If I can help solve a need, I'm up for it. Well, and it probably scratches that it's that you're always looking for something new to do and a new challenge. And so that's fantastic. Speaking of a challenge, and I mentioned it earlier, I want to congratulate you on writing a book. It is not easy. It takes focused determination. And and when you finally get it done, you know, it's it's such a relief in some ways and such a joy in the another. So let's talk about your book. First of all, tell us the title and then share with us kind of a, a tour de force of, of the table of contents or the big ideas that someone who buys your book and reads it. What will they get from that experience? Absolutely. It's uh, it's. Uh, I'm like, I can't figure out which way to point right there behind me. <laughs> uh, it's called Faith Over Fear, How to Adopt a Success Mindset. Um, so when when I was able to retire from working full time for someone else, right, my my version of retirement is just working for me on my passion projects. Mm -hmm. um, I had always wanted to write a book. I'd always wanted to motivate people. And I loved doing that in my career as a leader and a mentor. Um, so I, again, wanted to broaden the spectrum and say, hey, here's how we can connect all these dots to everything in life. So hopefully when readers read it, it reads like a one-on-one -on -one with me, just in a book format. Um, and the, the main points of it, this is an oversimplification. I go into much more detail in the book, obviously, um, are what I call the four keys to success. Um, so I'm one of those people who... I'll get fired up about a goal and I would not anymore. I would <laughs> go from zero to a hundred, right? Okay. I'm going to do this and I'm going to do it tomorrow. So I've got to do all of this stuff right now. And it was unsustainable. I would burn out and then I wouldn't achieve that goal. And so over time I learned these keys to success, which is slowing it down and starting simple. Number one, you have to have faith primarily in yourself. You have to believe in yourself you have to have confidence. If you're shaky on that, it's worth the extra time working to establish that confidence and that belief because whatever goal you have, there's going to be challenges. And if that belief in yourself is shaky, you're not setting yourself up for success, right? So that's the first key. The second is purpose. And I think a lot of us who I, I call ourselves the uh, goal getters, <laughs> right? We thrive on having goals and challenges we can run too, too quickly without stopping to think about the purpose behind what we're doing. What's the bigger meaning? What's the impact that we're gonna have by achieving this thing, right? It helps you to stay accountable to continuing to pursue that goal when things get hard, when there's challenges, when you've failed in some way, right? Um, keeps you going. So it's another key step where I, I think for a lot of goal getters like myself, hearing things like slow down, and do all the thought work first is kind of frustrating, but trust me, it works. It's actually all of the tips in the book are how I wrote the book in less than a year. <laughs> they work. <laughs> um, the third key is discipline. Um, it took me far longer than I care to admit to discover that motivation is fleeting. A lot of times we get that 
fire of motivation. We want to run with it, not realizing that that tank runs out pretty quickly. And if you haven't established discipline and good habits that are going to keep you moving forward, again, you're not setting yourself up for success. So there's a lot of easy hacks for that sound ridiculous. Um, but again, they're what I used <laughs> to write the book uh, that help you to develop discipline and great habits that keep you moving forward. And again, without stress or creating burnout, because I've been there too many times to count as well. So I try to avoid it at all costs. <laughs> and then the last one is mindset. And this is a, a huge piece of the book and a huge um, focus that I have in, in everything that I'm doing right now, which is really taking the time to understand what is your mindset? You know, I think a lot of people are familiar with the concept that there's a fixed mindset and a growth mm -hmm. mindset. Sure. There's a lot of different ways to call it, right? But a growth mindset sees challenges and failures, not as a limitation or a stopping point, but as an opportunity to learn and to grow. And so if you can harness that with any goal that you're trying to reach, I say, and I believe you make your success inevitable. So that's, that's what people can get out of the book, um, along with a lot of actionable tips and some funny stories about the mistakes that I've made and, <laughs> and experiences that I've had, um, but things that have helped me and my employees over the years to achieve success and fulfillment. That was a great synopsis of the elements of the book. And it it's, it, as you, as you told the story and put them together, it really makes a lot of sense. And the starting with the confidence in yourself, the, that, that ability to, to, to have faith in yourself is is really, especially for entrepreneurs, yes. so vitally important, especially in the early days of trying to get a new venture off the ground because there's so much resistance to, to being successful. I, I found the, the world doesn't know it needs another consulting company. You've got to make it realize the value. So congratulations. I'm really... I'm, I'm very happy that another successful author has brought her vision to print. And uh, we'll talk about how people can find it, Mandy, here in a couple minutes. So stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen. Before, but before we get there, I wonder if you could reflect back on your career. Was there a piece of business advice that someone gave you that you have found to be foundational for you as you've built your consulting practice in your career? Absolutely. Again, another another example from my ZipRecruiter days. I talk about them often. Uh, very, very warm and fuzzies. I learned a lot there. Um, the biggest piece of advice and learning through working there was keep it simple. Start small and test often. Mm. Um, it was earth shattering to me at the time because in our space, and I'd been in the industry for a while, that was not how things were typically done. Um, and I had a tendency from working in that other environment to overcomplicate things. And I saw the beauty and the success of keeping it simple, iterating often, testing often, and using the data to propel you forward. And I've tried to take that with me into building my consulting practice and trying to share the same lessons in the book because it really does work. It sounds too good to be true. But it eliminates the stress. It eliminates the noise, especially when you're looking at the data, um, and helps you to make consistent progress. 
That is great advice. And keeping it simple is so valuable and focusing on the things that really matter, especially in the early days as an entrepreneur, when you're scaling a company, you know, I, I find a lot of times people are spending time and money on things that later on they would like to have. But right now you really don't need it. Right. What you need, what you really need are customers. Exactly. Exactly. So having, having a value proposition, knowing who your target market is, taking the effort to go out and talk to them. Those are all the early stage things that are helpful. So that that was great learning. And you should be proud of your time uh, with a successful name that people recognize and what good fortune you had to be able to be uh, hired in at such an early stage of the company. What a learning experience that must have been. It was amazing. It was we always called it the rocket ship. <laughs> it was it was great. <laughs> yeah. To see it go from where it was to where you exited is is you know, not a lot of people have that type of opportunity to learn from. And I'm glad you're giving that experience back to others through your consulting firm. So let's talk about the future, Mandy. I'm gonna have you back on at some point in the future. What's gonna be different? What's going on for you? Well, um, I am working on some ideas. This is very early on, um, but in the future, I will have my own podcast as well. Um, <laughs> um, I will be doing speaking engagements and also um, online courses and workshops. So just, you know, again, rippling out to meet people where they are to try to impart these lessons and share what I've learned to help others um, slow and steady, right? One, mm -hmm. one step at a time. Uh, but hopefully that's where I'm at by the next time uh, I'm on here, which would be great. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's such a, a logical next step after the book to continue to expose the thoughts and ideas through speaking. What a, what a great platform and opportunity to bring that message to many more people. And, uh, and doing a podcast can be a very rewarding experience, and I have no doubt that you'll be very successful at it. So if someone wants to connect with you, maybe buy the book and visit your website, how do you suggest they find you online? Absolutely. They can find me under my name, Mandy Chaniel, um, on any social media platform. It's My handle's all the same. Um, they can also go to my website for the book. The website is mandychaniel.com. M-A-N-D-Y, and then I know this one's hard, S-C-H-A-N-I-E-L.com, um, or in terms of the consulting and coaching side of things, uh, they can go to my Chanel Consulting website, which is S-C-H-A-N-I-E-L Consulting, C-O-N-S-U-L-T-I-N-G.com. Um, but again, they can reach me out, reach out to me on LinkedIn, any social media platform. I'm I'm pretty accessible. <laughs> well, as I said at the top of the show, this was going to be fun and exciting, and you did not disappoint, Mandy. I was looking forward to having you on the program since I first met you. So thank you for your time today. Thank you so much. And thank the audience. You're part of Orange County's longest-running business talk show. Mandy's show goes into our catalog now of over 1,400 interviews. If you're an Orange County entrepreneur with a story to tell, Connect with me on LinkedIn. I'm Rick, R-I-C, Franzi, F-R-A-N-Z-I. Coincidentally, that's also our company's website, rickfranzi.com. Reach out to us and we can talk with you about having you as a guest on a future episode. And until the next time we all have a chance to be together, I hope all of your business decisions will move your company in a positive direction. Music